Welcome to the Naturopath Next Door podcast, an unfiltered health, wellness, and lifestyle podcast without the fluff. I'm your host, Pam, naturopath, nutritionist, personal trainer, and owner of Pam Heard Naturopath. Hello, and welcome to episode number 17 of the Naturopath Next Door. Today, I'm joined with Erica, who was a yoga and meditation teacher. We're going to be chatting about all things meditation and how we can create space in our mind and calendar and also ways that we can incorporate meditation throughout the day. Hey, Erica, how are you today? Hi, I'm doing so well. How are you? I'm good. Thanks. Thanks so much for taking the time to join us in this episode. Absolutely. So can you just start by telling us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. So I work as um, a yoga and meditation teacher. And my goal specifically is to help people ease anxiety, just the, the like common everyday anxiety that pops up for all of us, right? We we all feel it to different extents. So it's really just tapping into meditation practices, simple tools that can help us be more present in our day. I know it's much easier said than done which is why I'm here. So I, I really just work with um, people individually to help with that. And then group classes as well. That's really always my focus is just coming back to that present moment. Yeah, beautiful. I think that's so important, particularly with everything that we've got going on in the world. We tend to lose sight of the present and we can focus you know, on the future and that creates all that fear for us. Yes. Yeah. Well, so, and, and that's the interesting thing is so depression basically is um, in the past based, right? We're, we're upset maybe about things that have already happened. And I use upset, you know, lightly. Um, and then anxiety is very future based. So tends to be that people who have really great imaginations, a lot of times creative thinkers and right-brained people are going to be more anxious because, they just have more (laughs) creative ideas for what could go wrong, right? (laughs) And certainly, as you said, the time that we're living in now, everything is so unknown and we're having a lot of trouble really finding an anchor anywhere because it's at this point, it's like you can't even go to another country. (laughs) You can't even say, I'm going to take off right to Australia And I'm sure they're doing fine over there because we're all in this collective space where the anxiety is is just a little elevated right now. Yeah, I mean, I've got anxiety because I can't go anywhere. (laughs) You know, that's one way that I keep grounded, right, is to take a holiday. Absolutely. It is. And it's some, what I've noticed is some people who really had no anxiety or no anxiety or no idea really what anxiety felt like it's sort of bubbling up in them now. And they're saying like, what is going on with me? You know, I'm, I'm jittery and I, I'm not being productive, but I feel very busy in my mind. You know, I'm like, oh, could you be a little anxious? <laughs> is this a new feeling, right? It's so it for people that have never felt it before, that's I'm definitely having an increase in interest. I will say that for yeah. To support that. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, what is meditation? Because I know that it can become in many different forms for everybody. So, you know, what's your interpretation of that? Yeah. So my interpretation is very loose. Um, I actually like when I say meditation, it sounds very scary because you think of someone sitting in that cross-legged pose, a straight spine, eyes closed, 
you know, completely at peace. Like there's no children running around. There's no horns are honking. There's no grocery list scrolling through your brain. Um, very enlightened. And that is absolutely not the case for almost all of us. So I like to think of meditation as to meditate. Now, for some people that is prayer. And for some people that is when maybe you're washing the dishes, you're just being more deliberate about that task. You are just thinking about what you're doing. You're meditating on what's happening right then. And then for others, we can sit in silence. I love silence. So meditation in the quiet space to me does not feel like a burden. And I think that's the biggest thing is it's really being able to say what feels good to me because meditation is meant to be a supportive practice, a supportive place. So we really want to figure out how to get to that end goal. And then we form meditation to be whatever we need it to be. Yeah, I love that because um, for me, and I always say to my clients as well, it doesn't have to, you don't have to sit in that cross-legged pose and go, um, right, you know, and personally for me, my meditation is my exercise because it's one way that I can simply just clear my mind and not think about anything. Um, and I'm just focusing on the music that is essentially playing in the background, but then half the time out of that, I don't even hear it either. It's just, you know, I'm completely out of my mind and just in that moment. Yeah. And it is, exercise is a wonderful example because it really is just, we want something else to focus on that is not our repetitive, uh, unhelpful thoughts. So we're just finding something different. And with exercise, you could be focusing on your breath, on the physical movement. Um, you could be, you know, if you're on a, a run, you could just be observing things that are around you. So that's absolutely all meditation. And that I think is the easiest way for people to transition into meditation before they come to that quiet space. Yeah, absolutely. If you told me to sit down and I had to be present in the moment for like 30 minutes in my own thoughts, I'd probably run away, to be honest. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I understand that. I do. I I think that I thought that exact same way until I had two young children. And now I'm like, oh, let me just pretend I'm meditating upstairs. <laughs> Mommy needs quiet time just for a moment, please. It's so funny you say that because when my kids go to their dad's place, um, people go, what do you do? I say, I just sit in silence. I just yeah. sit in silence because I just They're love cool. that. Yeah. Yes. It's yeah, I know, isn't it? <laughs> so how do we create that space in our mind to actually get to that point? Yeah, so it's starting super small. I love when I work with clients one-on-one to really go through their day because most of our day is very habitual. We have the same patterns, even if we're doing completely different things each day or if your job is varied or you travel, you really once you start paying attention to it, you have the same habits throughout the day. So it's finding those little pockets of time where we can plan really to have that meditative moment. And that could be anywhere from 10 seconds to 30 minutes. So the one that I love, and this is for someone especially good if you are maybe a working parent or you just play multiple roles in your life. So I'll give an example for myself. When my son was two years old and I was working, he would go to daycare full time. So we'd leave the house in the morning, drop him at daycare, go to work, right? Have the work day, 
go back to daycare, come home, then I'm a wife, all the things. So in between each of those transitions, I would take two minutes in my car, set the phone timer, right? Let let the phone work for you. (laughs) Don't be controlled by it, but you set the timer and I would just sit and I would find some movement like we talked about with exercise. So I would maybe tap my thumb to the tips of my other fingers, just something where I didn't feel the pressure to be in silence, um, but I had something to focus on. And I used that to transition moment to moment. And really, when we talk about anxiety and that we can imagine the worst happening, the flip side of that is that we can also imagine the best happening, which is what we call visualization. So if I'm, you know, walking into my home after work and I know, okay, my husband's going to be there. He's very chatty. Um, Maybe I have another chat, you know, maybe it's a house full whatever I'm walking into, I'm imagining, okay, I'm going to walk in. I'll be peaceful. I'll feel grounded. There's no rush to cook dinner immediately. You know, it's just, it's being very intentional about those moments. And I think that we can also be very purposeful about where we place those moments. So when you start to tune in to your day, you'll notice that there are points in your day where you will feel your stress elevate. You know, maybe it's right before your boss walks into the office or you know, something again with family. Maybe there's an interaction that you know you're going to have and you know that it feels overwhelming to you. So being really purposeful about setting those meditative moments prior to those stressful ones will help you just coast through it a little more naturally. Yeah, and I think that's really important because you know you don't, it doesn't have to be a very long or extended period of time that you're actually in that space, you know, calming yourself down. And it's really easy um, for people to just do that 10 or that 30 seconds throughout the day and multiple times throughout the day if they, if they feel that they need to, to help create that space and that calming mind. I think that's a really practical tip because a lot of people think that, oh, I have to sit down for 30 minutes and I have to do this. And then that's where even more overwhelm kind of comes from that space as well. Yes, absolutely. And that's when you are, you know, everyone really is busy, right? We all have roles that we play and we have pack schedules. And the idea of putting in a 30 minute practice, you do feel like, well, where is this going to go? And if you don't get to it, right, maybe you think, okay, I'll do it during the baby's nap time. And the baby wakes up early. So not only did you miss the meditation practice, but then you feel an even greater frustration that your time has been overtaken. And so I think, I think the big chunk of meditation, I mean, if, if you live alone, I say go for it. But if you have anyone else or I mean, even a pet, <laughs> if there's any other living being in your space, then just being, giving yourself a lot of grace much, much smaller, smaller chunks. Oh, absolutely. And I think it's like, it comes back is like, you know, give yourself that grace. Don't beat yourself up over it. If you know, things don't kind of turn out the way that you planned throughout the day. And because that's counterproductive, we just, we are trying to calm the mind and instead we're just making it even crazier and we're beating ourselves up and we're giving ourselves even more anxiety, which is not what we want at all. Exactly. Exactly. And there's, um, so in the philosophy of yoga, there's um, 
basically the most, one of the most important things is to practice non-attachment. So the idea when you meditate, it really is to say, no matter what comes up now, right? No matter if I feel frustrated during this or feel very calm during this meditation practice, that's okay, whatever it is. Um, I think journaling and I say journaling again, very loosely, this could be like scribbling on a napkin. This could be typing it into your notes on your phone, but a quick journaling after your meditation to just say like, you know, I I did feel better after that, or this is just not working for me. And to be able to adjust there and have a little kind of proof, (laughs) Um, because again, that helps you just to detach from feeling any kind of pressure around what meditation should be for you. Do you find that's really important? You know, we always say like the power of the pen. Do you find that writing those thoughts or putting those thoughts down is, is you know, really beneficial to help you move on from them as well? Yes, I, I absolutely do. Um, I have been journaling since I was a young teenager every day. So um, I guess I'm a little biased in that way that I think it's the most important. So I think it's important for healing, right? Moving past these feelings, but also, you know, we always say hindsight is 2020, right? And I think a lot of times moments that you feel really negatively about you, sometimes if you're journaling, you can look back on them and you just have so much clarity and it helps you to move forward in your life, to be again, present where you are right now. And to just feel like, okay, if I, you know, ever start to get icky feelings about something that happened, you can really just go back and read it. And I mean, for me, it's never as bad as I'm like perpetuating in my brain. (laughs) I don't think it ever is for anyone. (laughs) No, No, it never is. (laughs) And the wild imagination. Yeah. I mean, definitely my imagination goes crazy as well. And when you're working with somebody one-on-one, do you just get them to start with maybe just like one, two minute, you know, time frame throughout the day? Or do we try and, you know, you know, look and then go, oh, okay, maybe you could fit in two or three and then kind of go from there? Yeah. So what I do when I start working with someone is we do two things simultaneously. So the first is that they're going to pick a time during the day that they're going to do a 30 second, it sounds so, so short, I know, but a 30 second meditation. And then just, we want to build that to be a habit, right? So with 30 seconds, it honestly feels like even if the house is burning down around me, I could probably squeeze 30 seconds of sitting still. So we fit in 30 seconds and we choose when that's going to be. We set the alarm on the phone. When the alarm goes off, it's time right? It's not, okay, in five minutes, I'm just finishing this email. It's everything stops. You take that moment because really the more resistance you feel to taking those 30 seconds, the more you need it. Uh, So that's one thing we implement. That's something we're bringing in. Something that I always encourage clients to take out is um, something that they're consuming. So whether that's social media, any other kind of media, the news, um, other people, we want to just take a little bit of that and remove it. So that could look like, you know, we're not checking social media before breakfast. So you must eat and have a glass of water before you can open Facebook. (laughs) Um, 
or let's not have the news on during your lunch break, or let's unsubscribe to some of the email blasts that we get from organizations or people that just frankly make you feel crappy every time you get them because maybe it's bad news every time or you feel guilt around whatever it is. Um, And then people, this is a tough one. But even this with, I mentioned my, my husband, he's very energetic. Like he wakes up at 4am for fun. And it just sets up his day and he just loves it. Okay. But to me, I have had to have the conversation with him. Like when I wake up, I really just need 10 minutes of quiet time to myself. Um, you know, instead of the big hug and the dance party. And I love him so much in case he listens to this. <laughs> he knows, he knows. Um, but that too, that you you are maybe communicating with someone in your life and telling them, I need this little bit of time. So yes. So to your question, it's a two part. It's adding in the 30 second meditation, taking out some type of either content or conversation that you're consuming during the day. Definitely. So we'll go back to the resistance, right? Um, And I always find as well that when you need a surrender and then something else pops up, it's just a sign that you need to surrender some more. Yeah, that's where that resistance kind of comes in from. So I think that's really important that, you know, the more that we push back on it, the more that maybe it's a lesson that we need to actually implement and put it into our day-to-day life. Yeah. And, you know, the removing something, I I 100% agree too, because, you know, just from a stress response, if you're looking at social media and we all know that social media, you know, those lives are not 100% real. There's, you know, other layers that are going on behind that. And that just creates this stress. We start comparing ourselves to everyone else. And it's just not a really great way to start our day. It's not, but it's so interesting because, and I'm very guilty of this. So when I say this, I say it to myself as well. It's like, we almost don't even, because social media moves so quickly, right? You can just scroll and scroll and scroll. You're really, it's, most people are not even stopping to say like, wow, this doesn't make me feel good because it's sort of just like an adrenaline rush, right? And you just get the hit and you keep swiping, um, so I think that's important too, is just when we talk about laying out your your full day and all of the habits you have. So if social media or even flipping on you know the television for news is a first thing in the morning practice for you or habit, it's maybe taking a couple of days to just sit and say, okay, I'm consuming all of this. How do I feel about it? Do I feel energized, right? Or do I feel like I've hit a wall first thing and then I'm, you know, going through mud just to get through my morning. And I, um, I love just very simple metaphor or I've maybe just like a jar. So you think of like a jar or a vase. So that's the capacity you have, like emotional capacity or mental capacity for a day. So when that's being filled, right, first thing in the morning by other people's needs, which, you know, might just be people in our family, you're feeding children, you're, you know, communicating with a team and then you're filling it with social media. And then, you know, maybe you live in a big city. So all of these stressors from just your five senses being activated 
it's all filling this jar and you may be hitting, filling up your jar full capacity before your like quote unquote day has even begun. And I don't know if a glass jar is a good example. I need a better example. I was going to say what meditation does is it allows you to kind of pull coals and drain a little bit out. Um, I need to, yeah, I need a, a different metaphor, but you can always you pull. Yeah, I can understand. So I get it. <laughs> you don't have to cut this out. <laughs> you don't, don't overthink it. Don't. It's all good. <laughs> yeah, but it's so true. Like, you know, when you're filling that cup and if it's like overflowing before you even start your day, like you think about you, your tolerance level goes down and there's just like a massive flow on effect from that. So I think, yeah, I mean, I'm always one to like put my phone in another room and you know what, I'm so guilty of looking at the screen time when it pops up every week and go, oh shit, did I really like look at social media that much? And just makes you really conscious and aware of kind of how you're spending your time and procrastinating potentially. (laughs) Well, and I think that's what's so interesting when it's like the simplest things that I work with my clients with, but the thing is, if you don't have somebody that you're accountable to, it's very easy. And again, I say this for myself, like I do the same thing, you know, I'll I'll set, okay, I'm going to set my phone in the other room. Um, maybe while I'm watching a movie with my husband at night, like we put our phones in the kitchen, but I will get up to get a glass of water. And without thinking, I walk to my phone and I'll, you know, swipe it open and like do my quick check of all my channels And then I put it away and go back. And I mean, I can go through that entire motion subconsciously almost like without purpose. Um, It's the same as like, have you ever, you go to check the time. And so you look at your phone, but you don't actually register the time. You just sort of like are glancing at it. And then you're like, what am I here for? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Does your husband ever call you out on that? Oh, yes. Yeah, good. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. And I think that was, like you said, with the screen time, it's, it was really hard for me to admit, like, I think I am truly addicted to this device. Mm -hmm. And so I had to get very strict with it, especially in business, right? Because there's always a thing you can check when you're in business, um, and you're working from your phone or from email, there's always someone who needs you. So boundaries, another, another topic for another day. (laughs) Definitely. And I think it's really important that you have like that trigger or somebody that can have that conversation with you and be like, Hey, maybe this is not the best use of your time and it's not really productive, you know, and maybe it is actually affecting um, our relationship. I mean, you see it all the time. People go out for dinner and all they're doing is scrolling and not physically have a conversation. You think, wow, what's the point? Why don't you just stay home and like do that on the couch, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's bad. I mean, we've even done it. My husband and I both, we, again, we'll start out saying like, oh, I have to show you this cute picture I took of the kids. And then all of a sudden we're like checking airline flights and then we're doing, and yeah, and then we look at each other like, oh, this is so embarrassing because people are looking at us like those people (laughs) on their phones. I know, but I think it's also good that, you know, you can have that conversation about, hey, this is my time and it's 10 minutes of the day. Can we really create this space so I can be a better mum, a better partner, you know, better in every aspect of my life? Um, And I think, you know, it's a really simple conversation to have with 
you know, your, your significant other or other people in your house to try and help create that space for you. It is. And really meditation is that it's an investment. So we say that, you know, again, if you feel like you don't have time to meditate, then you really need to meditate more than anyone. And so it's even just telling yourself, like, I can take 10 minutes to do something meditative and that's going to give me all of this space in my mind. And then when I say space in the calendar, it's that same thing. It's, it's all the little tasks that it's like multitasking. We, we think we can multitask well, but the truth is we're doing everything at, you know, 10% of our best instead of saying, okay, I'll do this at a hundred percent and then I'll move to this. And that's what, you know, doing something meditative or meditating for even just those 30 seconds, it gives you the clarity. Okay. What is the next step? What is the most important right now? What's the priority? Um, priorities is not even a word, right? Like there's priority means the most important, the one thing. And so it's really just giving yourself that time investment to tune into what that is for you to move forward. Yeah, I love that. And I mean, everybody's got 30 seconds within their day to be able to do that or put it into their day-to-day life. And as you said, then you can just expand on that. I really, yeah, it's very practical and, you know, time, time. I mean, it's just an illusion, isn't it? Yes. Well, right. I mean, you can take 30 seconds to sit in silence and yeah, that, that may feel really long on some days and it may even feel like a blip in others. And that I think is where that, that journaling, that being aware, like, what did this feel like? And I wonder why did it feel so long today? Why was it so heavy? Yeah. And why today did I crave more time to meditate? Yeah, definitely. That's that's step two. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I love that. And just being able to connect back and being very grounded. Thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. So if people want to find out more about you, where can they find you? So they can find me, um, Instagram is the easiest. I am at the rising yoga. And then if there's anywhere for us to link, I do have a five day meditation for beginners audio series, which is free. Um, and it's really good for you. If you say that you don't know how to meditate or you don't like to meditate or you don't have time, that's exactly who I designed it for. Awesome. So I'll pop those links down like below as well. So then people, if they're wanting to, yeah, jump into that, then they can too. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, thank you. It's been so good. And there's some really practical tips for, um, for people to take away and just start implementing straight away. You know, we don't have to wait at all. It's just jump straight into it. Yes. Yeah. When, when you hang up from this call, you will take 30 seconds yep. and, <laughs> and then you can move on with your day. This is the homework. Yeah, that is the homework. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to the Naturopath Next Door podcast. If you are loving what you're hearing, I would really appreciate it if you hit subscribe and leave a short review. Also, if you've learned something this episode, make sure that you share it on your Instagram stories and tag me, Pam underscore naturopath. Wherever you are in the world, I hope you have a really good day and I will catch you next week on The Naturopath Next Door.